Also from the Gospel of Mark, reading from chapter 8. Jesus told his disciples, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit them if they gain the whole world but forfeit their life? Or what will they give in return for their life? And from Paul's letter to the Philippians, we have a passage that is believed to be the text of a Christian hymn of the first century. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness, and being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. The word of the Lord. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable unto you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Palm Sunday is a complicated day. I think it's more complicated than Easter. Like the ancients, on that first Palm Sunday, we sing hosannas, welcoming Jesus as the Messiah, the anointed one of God. But unlike those ancient people on the first Palm Sunday, we have some idea what that actually means. We know what awaits Jesus at the end of this Holy Week. We know that his closest friends and disciples deserted him in the time of his greatest need. And we know that we, no less than those ancient disciples, find it ever so hard to take up the cross of Jesus and to follow him. Our text from the Gospel of Mark and the Epistle to the Philippians are closely related. The Philippians text is a hymn to Christ that expresses the faith convictions of Christians of the first century. Who is Christ and who are we? Those Christians ask. The hymn's answer, Jesus was the chosen one of God and we who follow Jesus are the ones who seek to be of the same mind as Christ. Jesus said, if any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. The cross is at the heart of faith. The cross adorns our churches. We sing about the cross. We wear the cross around our necks. We eat hot cross buns. But no one really wants the cross, at least not a cross like the cross of Jesus. The cross is there, right in front of us, standing on a hill on Good Friday. But we are all too ready to walk right around the cross and rush into Easter Day. For we know what the cross means. The cross means self-denial. 
The cross means sacrifice. The cross means suffering. The cross means Maundy Thursday and Good Friday. The cross means Sunday of the Passion. And we want none of that. We want the jubilant hurrahs of Palm Sunday. We want the unrestrained joys of Easter morning. And when you can have the successes and joys and victories of Easter, who in their right mind would choose the cross instead? Haven't we gone past all of that? That is, was it the cross for the people of old, for those being persecuted for their faith, and those who didn't have much and could hope for even less? Isn't Easter Day really our day? After all, we, we live on this side of Good Friday, this side of Easter. We know the sadness of Good Friday was temporary. God has blessed us. We have wonderful lives. Like the people of Lake Wobegon, our women are strong, our men are good looking, and our children are all above average. The cross, though, can be a real downer. Aren't we really Easter people? In a very real sense, of course, we are Easter people. We have new life with God through Jesus Christ. We are abundantly blessed. We are filled with a living hope that allows us to see through the darkest night and endure the saddest days. Christ is risen in us. We are Easter people. So why bring up the cross? The cross explains the teachings of Jesus. The cross completes the teachings of Jesus. Apart from a few isolated sayings, like our text from Mark, Jesus didn't teach the cross. Jesus preached the coming of the kingdom of God. Jesus didn't teach the cross. Jesus lived the cross. Jesus died on a cross. And the life of self-giving love, the life lived for others, the life of sacrifice, the life of the cross is what the man and the message of Jesus are all about. So even though Jesus didn't teach the cross, we preach the cross because the cross explains and completes the teachings of Jesus. The cross expresses so clearly God's love for us. The cross is a symbol of innocent suffering, a symbol of self-giving love, a symbol of making the ultimate sacrifice for the sake of others, does not the cross express God's love for us? As that summary of the good news we find in the Gospel of John puts it, God so loved the world that God gave us a son, that whosoever believes in him might not perish, but have everlasting life. In the cross, we see the depths of God's love for us As the hymn says, what wondrous love is this? The cross stands as a corrective to faith that forgets about Good Friday. Everything the cross stands for is so demanding that many Christians want nothing of it. Paul said, I preach only Christ and Christ crucified. 
But many Christians want to hear only Christ and Christ is risen. Too many Christians want a faith without an ounce of doubt, a faith that is comfortable with easy answers to difficult questions, a faith that knows nothing of despair, a faith that lives on the mountaintop and can barely see the valley of the shadow of death below. Theologians call such a faith triumphalism, for it knows only the triumphs of Easter morning. But the cross reminds us that before there was Easter, there was Good Friday. In the words of that ancient hymn preserved by Paul in Philippians, before Jesus was risen, Jesus emptied himself, taking the form of a slave. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. The cross reminds us that if we would follow Jesus... We are to be of the same mind that was in Christ Jesus. The cross tempers the excesses of Easter Day by reminding us that faith, first of all, is about obedience. Obedience to the one who was obedient to God, even to the point of death. The cross reminds us that faith is painful and political not soft and sentimental. Jesus was crucified for political reasons. The Jewish leaders who opposed Jesus' message did not have the authority to execute him. Only the Romans could do that, and they executed Jesus for political reasons. They executed Jesus by crucifixion, a manner of execution Rome used when it wanted to make a political statement Rome did not fear the common people's sentimental attachment to some obscure rabbi from Nazareth. Rome feared the message and the man Jesus who dared to say, God rules. Rome feared the political and social implications of a people committed to sacrificial love. Rome feared persons who obeyed God over any human authority Rome feared people of the cross. The cross, the way of the cross, in a nutshell then, is what the New Testament teaches. The way of the cross is the life Jesus led. And the New Testament teaches that the way of the cross is the manner of life those who follow Jesus are called to lead. New Testament faith is first and foremost living in obedience to the God of Jesus who gave himself up for death On a cross. We who follow Jesus do not take up the cross because it feels good. The way of the cross is not convenient, seldom is popular, and always comes at a high price. So, why do we seek the way of the cross? New Testament scholar Richard Hayes says we make this choice in the hope and anticipation that God's love will finally prevail through the way of the cross, despite our inability to see how this is possible. For that is the life of discipleship to which the New Testament repeatedly calls us. 
In a sermon on those words of Jesus about denying yourself, taking up the cross, and following Jesus, Presbyterian pastor Bill Carter reflects on the order of Jesus' three-part command. In Mark, Jesus says, If anyone to become my followers, let them deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. Deny, carry a cross, follow Jesus. That's what faith is for sure, Carter agrees, but he suggests that's not the way faith plays out in our lives. We don't start out in faith by denying ourselves of earthly comforts and taking up the sacrificial and painful way of the cross before following Jesus. Jesus says, will you come and follow me if I but call your name? Will we take God more seriously than we take ourselves? We follow Jesus first, and then from Jesus we learn to forego our own comforts and security, relying entirely on God and God's grace. And then if the world hands us a cross, we shouldn't expect anything different. Why the cross? Why still the cross? Because the cross is where we find Jesus. The cross is where we find Jesus, who did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness, being found in human form. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Now sustained by grace, let us seek to be of the same mind that was in Christ Jesus. Let us take up the cross and follow him. Amen.